0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Learning as I Go, sponsored by British Triathlon. Today, I am a little bit of a fanboy because today's guest is literally top of her game. She's one of the biggest YouTubers in the industry right now, and I cannot wait to catch up with her. But before I do, I want to say thank you to you for always supporting and listening to this podcast. It really does mean a lot. And big shout out to anybody who's taken on this race with me with British Triathlon in July in Sunderland. We're going to do it together, and it's going to be special. But today's guest has over 1.35 million subscribers on YouTube, 1.5 million on TikTok, a million on Instagram, and she's literally working with some of the biggest brands in the world. But today, I want to peek behind the curtain of what it's like to be an OG influencer, top of the game in the YouTube world, because there are so many different layers to this guest. And today, I'm going to be introducing Anastasia Kingsnorth. Sit back, relax, and get ready to learn another life lesson with Learning As I Go. a little bit starstruck for this uh, episode because honestly like it sounds daft but in my social PR office Mm. you are like royalty and you are literally influencer royalty um obviously you've got like is it 1.35 million subscribers on YouTube yeah a million on Instagram uh 1.5 on TikTok and you are literally like top of the game right so I just want to say a massive thank you and introduction to Anastasia Kingsnorth
1: thank you hi everyone what an absolute
0: incredible name by the way I've got so many questions because you are the OG of kind of, would you say the influence world or what would you describe yourself as?
1: I think, yeah, YouTuber. YouTuber. But like the new word, I guess, is like influencer that everyone uses.
0: The reason why I say it is because obviously you're on different platforms now as well. Yeah, so So um, I guess, but
1: yeah, YouTube was like the OG.
0: So you started YouTube at the age of 14, is that right?
1: Well, officially at 14, but I've been doing it since I was 11. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a long time. A
1: really, really long time. And I'm
0: trying to take myself back, right? Because people say, like, if you started YouTube when it first started, like, that was the time to get in, right? Yeah. But were you... At the start of that, or was it like, um, I was listening to one of your podcast recently. And you said it was like, remember that, Zo- is it Zoella and everyone else? Yeah, it was you? like,
1: yes, yeah, so like the brick crew was first with right. like Zoe, Alfie, Joe Casper. And they were all like the OG YouTubers who like I looked up to. I was like, I want to be like you guys. And then I was the generation just slightly like after that. So we were like the new wave of people that came in. So kind of said an OG in like the whole like YouTube world because it's been going on for so long now but yeah i come just yeah, it's just after them
0: because like even now if you there's people trying to get onto youtube now and some people say oh it's too late to get on there and because you, you kind of need to have put the, the time in to kind yeah. of build up that that natural audience but at the age of 11 it must have been a little bit out there to create yourself a career on YouTube. Did it become a little bit of a struggle for you to kind of in school and everything else?
1: It was like, it felt virtually impossible when I was doing it. I had, I genuinely had no idea that I would be sat here now doing this at 22. I thought I would be, I thought I would have gone to uni. I thought I would have done it, you know, the way that you're meant to do it. Um, And yeah, it felt impossible back then, but I just stuck at it. Like I knew that it was what I wanted to do. There was just something about creating videos and, that whole creativity side of life that I loved that I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do with my life.
0: But that's crazy as well because back then, people wouldn't have really looked at it as a career.
1: It wasn't. Like, even brand deals weren't a thing back then. So,
0: so why were you doing it then? You just did it for the love of it.
1: I just loved it. Like I watched like Zoe and Alfie and all of them like, make videos. And I was like, that just seems so much fun. And then I just started doing it, but I, I didn't do like what I did now. I used to like open toys when I was like 11. <laughs> what do yeah. you mean?
0: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> for the context of my listeners, because some of my listeners will not even understand the YouTube world. So you were doing videos just opening up toys.
1: Yeah. Like behind, like toy YouTube is like a big thing, way bigger now than it was back then. But like, I used to open. I don't know if you've heard of it called like Moshi Monsters. Right. Yeah, but they yeah. were like the OG toy back in the day. So I used to just open toys. Like I wouldn't really show my face. I'd just film it on like my laptop webcam or whatever, and just upload it. And I did that for like three years, and then everyone at school found out that I was doing that. And like, so I was so close to being like, I can't do this anymore. Because naturally, when you're like 14, 15 years old, and you find out at school that you've been opening toys, everyone's starts bullying you all that stuff oh my god um and then i just switched my content up and i was like no i want to stick at this and then
0: wow so when you were doing it so you weren't thinking of it as a career you just did it from a place of of love and passion Mm -hmm. but then at the same time is those ogs that the brick what do you call them
1: like the brick crew the brick crew yeah
0: like i do remember like there was news articles about how much money these guys were making and everything else. Yeah. Was that back then or was that later down the line? Like, But they were almost like rare cases, right? Yeah, I
1: think it was very rare cases. Like gen- like back then there genuinely was only about 10 YouTubers that I could name mm. and money, like I earn, I think in the first three years of doing YouTube, like 60 pound. Wow. Like it just was not a thing to like, brands didn't know what it was. So yeah, money wasn't uh. even an option really for it back then
0: so I'm just trying to get my head around this like young girl that you were throwing Mm -hmm. yourself into this at the risk of basically being bullied in school and everything else what about um creating content did you love
1: I think I just loved the creativity of the fact I could do whatever I wanted like Mm. when I was at school I was such a quiet kid like I Mm. would not put my hand up I didn't want to speak to anyone but then when I was on YouTube I think even though you're speaking to like so many people realistically you're only in a room with yourself and a camera so it felt almost really easy so I think I liked that part of it that like I found a voice for myself online
0: oh that's so interesting yeah because I've been watching a lot of your stuff and it's basically you are talking to yourself yeah. in a room for literally hours on end sometimes right yeah and that's, that's a skill in itself. But like you said, it sounds like that was your way to express yourself. You know what some people say like music uh, is their form of expression, poetry, yeah. or whatever else. It sounds like creating content was your platform, right? Yeah,
1: 100%. Just being able to make a video or I don't know what I, what I was doing back in the day, even just eating like a McDonald's and chatting shit. That is literally what I used to love to do. And people just, I guess, found something in my content that they liked or they enjoyed watching. And I just got really lucky. And with that's it. what
0: I love about you, Anastasia, because out of everybody i've met in this industry you're just you're just so normal and just humble and lovely yeah. to be around Thank and i think you. that's obviously why people buy into you as well because they, they yeah. can they can see that that shines through and let's get it right some of these instagram girls everything else that you see like they are instagram girls i'm trying to describe that in a way that's not too offensive but it's kind of, sometimes it's like it all seems kind of like surface level so, yes. superficial yes. whereas with you it's like You just seem real. And I think that's what people buy into.
1: I feel like that's the beauty of YouTube though, because Mm. like, obviously I do Instagram as well, but when people go on YouTube, they can sit and watch you for you Mm. and watch you just be yourself. Like, you know, just put the camera up in the bathroom whilst I'm putting a face mask on and just talk. And it feels like you're, you know that person, Mm. which I think is why I've been able to do so well in the industry, because I have just been so open and completely myself on YouTube.
0: Mm. And it's funny you say that because, you obviously started doing this just because you love doing it. And mm-hmm. obviously now it's created a massive career for you. And you've got like your own exclusive podcast with Spotify. Now you mm-hmm. do massive brand deals, doing red carpets, everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how it must have been so difficult. Because I, I can imagine when I was in school, if someone mm-hmm. said to me they were creating videos and they were on YouTube, I'd be like, in the nicer way possible, I'd be like, what are they doing?
1: A hundred percent. Because it wasn't a, like a thing back then for mm-hmm. like everybody to do like nowadays. Everybody kind of does want to get into this industry. And like if you start doing YouTube, everyone's like, yeah, do it. Like you should do TikTok, blah, blah, blah. But back then everyone was like, what are you doing? Like, mm. why are you doing that? And I left school at 16 because one, I kind of just knew that I wanted to do the job anyway, and the education system wasn't really for me, but also because of how people reacted mm. to me doing it, I just physically didn't want to be around that anymore like they'd put my videos on like the big screen in the hall and like laugh at me whilst I was at lunch and like all this sort of stuff and I so easily could have been like no that's it I'm not gonna do YouTube anymore wow but like thank god I didn't yeah of
0: course talk me through though what were the kind of like the biggest lows for you then in in those moments like is there anything that kind of really stands out to you like it sounds like you got bullied like
1: yeah yeah pretty much did get bullied at school I had a very small friendship group at school and not many people really supported what I did at all. It's funny now because they're the people who now want to speak to you Mm. now that I've done well. Mm. But yeah, I definitely had a lot of low moments at school where I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to sit in the house and make a YouTube Mm. video. That's actually what I wanted to do. But I just, yeah, school wasn't great for me, which is a lot of the reason why I left at 16.
0: Mm.
1: I love that though. I love that
0: story of like, basically just sticking to what you care about, no matter what other people Mm -hmm. say, because you can have doubters in anything that you do. And it's so important. It is difficult sometimes to back yourself because sometimes you think you're crazy and people make you feel like you're crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, And the fact that you've gone on to prove everyone wrong, that's just inspired me just there. So you left school at 16.
1: Yeah.
0: When did this become a career for you then, like, when did you start to kind of monetizing it?
1: So when I left school, I remember I had 250,000 subscribers. So I lot. was I was doing really well, but like even the money side of it, it still wasn't like a huge thing. So mm. I was taking a risk, like, mm. is this going to work? Am I going to earn like a living from this? But it was almost as though like the minute I, I left school, that is when it took off for me because I could put all of my effort into it, I put all my time into it. And then that was when I realized, and that was when, you know, I already had a management, but I really could work with them to build myself a career and work with brands. And it was when I was like 16, 17. Ooh, that's
0: interesting because sometimes I ask myself, am I spinning too many plates and being a jack of all trades and master of none. Mm. And for me, like the best influencers are the ones who literally are just full time yeah. and, and focus like massively on that. And even sometimes, the best business owners can be the ones that just focus on one business and get yeah. that really right. So do you believe that focusing on one thing is the key to success or?
1: I think so. I think it's hard in our industry to like put all your time into one thing because our job is essentially our life. And it's like, where do you find that split between, okay, I'm going to put all into, the, into this, but I don't want to show some of this. Or like, when do you take a day off? Or like, and I sometimes feel guilty if I take a day off. Like, that is a real thing in this industry. And some people don't get that because you film every day. And then if you don't film, you're like, oh gosh, I've let everyone down today. Like, it's really, it can, it can oh, be really ah, I said this to you, didn't I? Yeah, at the real this Greek
0: restaurant launch. Because I went over to you now because I'm struggling with it all the time. Yeah. Because I'm like addicted to my phone. And I mm-hmm. always think, right, I want to have some time off my phone today. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to post any uh, anything on social media. I want to do something just for me. But then I go somewhere, I go, oh, this is great content. This is a great con- yeah. content opportunity. Or if I'm feeling a certain type of way, this will be, inspire someone today. I should share this. Yeah. And I don't seem to be able to find that boundary. And I said to you, I said, do you ever have like that those boundaries in terms mm-hmm. of like your own personal life and your social life? And you just went straight, categorically, looked at me and went, nope. I went, what do you mean? I you just went, that's the price you have to pay yeah. if you want to be top of the game in this. Is it worth it though for you?
1: For me it is. Right. Because I now live a life that like I thought was going to be pretty much impossible for me to live. So it's like, if I can sacrifice just that little bit of like I guess privacy it Mm. to me is so worth it it's something so simple now. I've learned that like if I'm in the moment and I want to film something I'll just film it below and I'll just look at it in real life I won't look at what I'm filming Mm. I'll just make sure the camera's recording but I'm still like there I'm still present and I'm still enjoying it it's like even little things like when you go on holiday, that's normally your time to not work. Yeah. But for me, that's like content. my time. I'm like, that's content. <laughs> that's like, well, I've never been on a holiday where I haven't done content, but I love it. Cause to me, it doesn't feel like work. Mm. Like that is just, it's my, it's my hobby. Yeah. So I'm, I'm lucky in that sense, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Is there an anesthesia that not everybody gets to see and it's just for you? Or is everything kind of blurred?
1: I think it, it's been like a mixture of both. There's mm. been like times where everything has blurred because I think- like i said you feel some sort of pressure to constantly show everything Mm. and in some ways you can lose yourself like along the way of this job especially Mm. for doing it you know i've been doing it for 11 years now you know there's going to be times where i've completely lost myself but i think as i've gotten older i've realized like i keep all like my relationships with boyfriend stuff very private i never show any like of that sort of things i think that's something that i just prefer to keep private and i Mm. I know that's my private life. And then my friends as well. Like, even though we post a lot together because all my friends are in the industry, we will just sit there for hours on end and talk and chat shit and won't film it. Mm. And that's like my privacy. So I definitely have got better at it. Mm. But when I was younger, like four or five years ago, everything was blurred. Like, it was impossible.
0: Yeah, because sometimes it's like, you ask yourself, do I actually really like this song or is it just because it's trending now and I need to vibe to it or and you know what I mean you can get wrapped up in Mm -hmm. it but I think I'm a little bit like you the one thing I don't really talk about on on social media is like my my relationships first of all because they're pretty non-existent (laughs) (laughs) and second of all I just wouldn't anyway I don't know why that's just my private thing and that is probably one part of my life that I keep Mm -hmm. to myself and then I think one of the biggest vices for me obviously was my relationship to alcohol and being like the crazy the, the crazy yeah. Scott that I was. In. But even the fact that I put that out to the universe and I've, I've talked about that, it's almost yeah. released that kind of, that was a private part of my life. And the fact yeah. that I've kind of put it out there to, do, it, it's almost like therapy for me. Do you feel like sometimes yeah. putting stuff out there is therapy for you?
1: A hundred percent. I feel like a lot of me putting everything out there is some form of, therapy but I think that's the beauty as well of our job mm. like if I am struggling and sometimes I feel like you feel like you're in a very vulnerable vulnerable position when you're struggling mm. but I try and look at it as like if I show this this could help someone because mm. when I'm sad a lot of the time I don't want to pick up the camera like mm. if I want to cry I want to cry on my own and that's it mm. but sometimes being vulnerable and being open actually helps in so many ways and I've really enjoyed doing that now and there definitely was a time where I didn't do that enough and I feel like that's when I lost myself Mm. when I would pretend that I was super happy and then go home and probably cry the whole night because I wasn't happy but being open with your audience and being like you know you know what I'm sad today Mm. I don't feel happy today Mm. that is helped 100%
0: and I'll be honest I I don't know why this morning I, I woke up and I felt a little bit flat like I don't know why just one of those days and and people, I think, sometimes expect me always to be like high energy yeah. and, and bringing energy, energy to the room. So when I do have those days, I like to talk, to, talk about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But someone said on my other, um, well, my other series of the podcast, Steph Ellsworth, actually, she said, sometimes you've got to be careful of that because it's almost emotional broadcasting. Because you basically, when you're going mm-hmm. through at the time, it's almost like you're looking for, not attention, but you're not being vulnerable. It's not yes. actually being vulnerable because it's not for you. Going speaking to a friend and yeah. one-on-one talking about it, when you're actually putting out to the universe, you're almost going, I don't know, I don't, I can't remember the point that she made, but...
1: I know, I kind of know what you yeah. mean. I feel like there's a fine line between like sharing too much or yeah. just letting people know that like you're not okay. Like mm. when I share that much, I, you know, I wouldn't give the exact reasons. Mm. I wouldn't be like, this has happened in my life today. This is why mm. I'm upset. I'm just very much like, I'm not okay today. And that is okay. So like, if you don't feel okay, that's mm. fine. That's the sort of like message I try and give across.
0: Going back to when you were obviously in school and stuff, and it sounds like you were kind of, did you say you're quite a shy girl in school? Oh
1: yeah, so shy. I literally wouldn't speak to anyone.
0: But then you've got such a big personality on your videos mm. and stuff. Like, it's just interesting to see how you kind of express yourself in a different way. But you also think, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, mm. sometimes I feel like this. Yeah. I feel like I'm connected more to millions of people through my platforms and whatever else yeah. than I am actually to my friends and family sometimes. I've like, definitely you- felt like that before. Yeah.
1: A hundred, that was how I felt when I was at school. Like all the people that were around me, I felt like I couldn't be myself around. Mm. But then in front of people I don't know, which is strange to say, I felt more myself than ever. And I felt about like, as I've gotten older and I've met people through the industry, like that is where I've found myself and now I've got a group of friends where I'm like completely and utterly myself and that feels amazing but 100% I felt so much more comfortable in front of a camera speaking to strangers who I knew nothing about than I did in front of my friends so it's
0: almost like I can walk into a room honestly on stage with like 10,000 people in it and I'd probably be more comfortable than you putting me into a situation one-on-one on a date with yeah. a girl like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like literally I, I hate that kind of that feeling of intimacy, it's almost makes me feel a little bit like uncomfortable.
1: Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, exactly. And and, and
0: this is the problem I'm just trying to ask with you now. Like it seems to, to me that people of this generation now, are they losing that real connection because of social media and TikTok and everything else? But yeah. I worry that a lot of these people, young kids especially, now are more active on social media than when you walk into a room, they actually don't know how to connect with people in real life. Do you think that's a problem or not?
1: I think that is a massive problem, especially mm. since TikTok has come about. I think when it was just YouTube, probably not as much. But now, social media is our life. And I'm not saying it's a complete bad thing because it's not because I think if you know how to use it and use it in the right way, then it's fine. But I think 100% nowadays, everyone has TikTok. I never had that growing up, I had it in a, in a way on YouTube, but it was so different to what it is now. And I think, yeah, it's definitely a, an issue for.
0: Yeah, because I've been saying for a long time that I'm comfortable on my own, I love my own company. And then when I'm at home sometimes I put my phone away um, in a cupboard and go, I'm not gonna check mm. my phone for a couple of hours. And after a little bit of time, I start to feel lonely in mm. the house.
1: And yeah. i realized
0: you're never actually alone. When you've got social media, you can do one story and you're interacting with about 5 million different people. And I just think sometimes having a phone and being connected to social media kind of has held me back from developing real relationships sometimes with like even my friends, my family. And I just wondered if that's something that you've kind of managed to get a grip of.
1: I think I've definitely managed to get a grip of it now, Mm. but I would at one point definitely feel way more comfortable sat on my phone on my own Mm. than going out and speaking to real people and it is still something that I struggle with Mm. like I you know put me in a room of complete strangers some days I'll be completely fine and Mm. I can hold a conversation with every single one of them and some days I will just stand there and be like I can't do this Mm. and it is purely because I would rather be sat there on my phone speaking to people over the internet it's
0: crazy and anxiety seems to be a big like kind of buzzword now that everybody Mm -hmm. seems to be struggling with and I know that you mentioned that as well yeah um Talk me through that because is it right that you basically recently had a panic attack?
1: Yeah, and it was the first one that I'd ever had. So I had no idea what was going on. I just went straight to Amy because I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, I don't know what's going on. And after a couple of hours, they were like, no, you're having a panic attack.
0: So what was the, feel- what's the feeling of a panic attack like? I
1: just, I just, I didn't even feel like panicky but I just had this heavy feeling in my chest and I couldn't breathe properly. And I was like, this is so strange. So automatically I was like, oh, I'm ill. Something's happened. But no, they said to me, like, you're just having a panic attack. And I had the feeling for like three days, it, like it just would not shift. It was just a heavy feeling in my chest. And I still don't even really know like what caused it, to be honest. I'm going to assume it's probably something to do with my job or something that happened in my life that subconsciously I was anxious about that kind of just triggered a panic attack but yeah it was scary especially Mm. when you've never had one before and you don't know what
0: so it just came out of nowhere there was not like a particular situation that brought it on
1: not really that I can like pinpoint I was stressed with my job like Mm. I think but that's because this job is stressful in a lot of ways so Mm. I guess it probably was that without me actually knowing it was that
0: Mm. and how did you overcome it like did it just kind of fade away or
1: I don't even know. Like it's one, I think I talked myself out of it. Mm. Like that's what I do a lot of the time. I sit in my head and I'm very into like positive thinking. So I'll be like, I'm okay, I'm fine. And I'll speak it into existence. So I was constantly just saying to myself, I'm fine. I'm okay. And just get on with my day. Cause I'm the type of person, if I feel sad and I lay in bed, I know that's not good for me. Mm. I know that I have to get up and I have to carry on and tell myself that I'm fine. Then I actually will be fine. Mm. So I think that's exactly what I did. I just didn't give in to the feeling. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not having this i'm gonna fight it
0: yeah i think that's the reason why i'm asking these questions because with you it seems like you've got a really good distance and awareness around your relationship to social media Mm -hmm. stuff whereas some people actually don't even realize that they're kind of driven by it or they're kind of addicted to to, to social media stuff whereas it sounds like you've been through the the kind of whole process and you've got a little bit of a distance on it that you can be objective yes and that's kind of why i'm asking you these questions because i'm just really interested because sometimes i know that it's an issue for me and, I'm, and I think that's step one, like acknowledging it. But it's so difficult because it's been, it's given me a massive platform. It's helped yeah. me build my businesses, um, create communities. And but that's I'm,
1: where the guilt comes in because you feel like all these people have given me this. So like, I feel like I need to 24 seven give back to those people. Oh
0: no, so yours is different though because you literally document your whole life, don't you?
1: Yeah, pretty, like, well, yeah, pretty much.
0: So it's almost like they're relying on your, like I give glimpses. yeah. Whereas with you, you actually like, you give pretty much like a day-to-day thing or, and it's almost like these people who are so engaged with you because these guys, mm-hmm. like, when you've got YouTube subscribers, yeah, they're so like die hard, aren't they?
1: Yeah, YouTube like followers are like, they know everything. They mm. fo- they actually follow your life.
0: And they live their life pretty much through your eyes sometimes.
1: Yeah. So there's yeah. a level
0: of like guilt and stuff. So when you talked about being stressed before, mm-hmm. like some people look at you as a, an influencer or YouTuber and say, what are you stressed about? Like, Mm. you've never done a a full day's graft in your life. And I mean, people will have that perception, but they won't understand. There's a lot of work that goes into this. So talk me through this. Like, what does a stressful day look like to you?
1: I think it's a lot of like mental stress. Mm. A lot of the time, like people don't see the amount of hate that influencers and YouTubers can get. And that can really knock your confidence. It can make you think, am I meant to do this job? Am I, you know, should I like carry on doing this job? Mm. And it's in hindsight, it's actually not that stressful but when you're in that moment it feels like it's the end of the world
0: it's a tough industry and I don't really relate to on a day-to-day basis because I'm I like to think that I'm kind of well liked so to speak but literally I'll go through Instagram and I'll have so many nice comments I always go looking for the bad comment do you ever do that (laughs) I
1: I went through a really bad stage I think when you're in that mindset that's what you do like sometimes you'll post things or I'll take a photo and I'm like if I post that, someone's probably going to say that. Or someone's probably going to say this and probably just won't post it. Mm. So now I like forward think. I'm like, I know how people are going to react to everything. I know what people are going to say. Because I've had every hate comment under the sun. So mm. I just overthink now what I post. Mm. The whole hate side of it is crazy. It's just, I just don't understand. that like you could post a picture and someone rip apart your appearance or your outfit. And I'm like, why? Mm. Like I just, I physically don't understand. Because I would never comment on someone's picture like, you look ugly today or I don't like this top because I don't have that in me. I would just Mm. never do that. So when people do that and they hide behind all these usernames like user137, whatever, Mm. I'm like, would you come and say that to me in real life though? Mm. Probably not. It's
0: with enormous pride that I welcome British Triathlon as my brand new official sponsor for Series 3 of Learning As I Go. So as some of you may have already heard, I am taking on a sprint triathlon in Sunderland on the 29th of July and I want you to come with me. A sprint triathlon involves a 750 meter swim, a 20K bike ride and a 5K run. And trust me, I've never been on a road bike in my life and I've not swam in years. So I'm definitely a little bit nervous. So that's completely normal. But this is something that I wanna take on and I want you to come with me because it's all about coming out of your comfort zone. British Triathlon will get you all the details you need alongside a training pack as soon as you signed up. So don't miss out on this. Get yourself signed up, try something new and use my discount code LEARNING25 to get your discount off the race. And let's see this out together in Sunderland on the 29th of July. Talk to me about like the level of work that goes into getting to, mm. your, to your kind of level in the game now, like in terms of like a day-to-day basis. Do you have to be posting every single day? Is it kind of, do you have to put a serious amount of years into it? I listened to one of your podcasts when people don't realize the amount of time that you put into something. Yeah. And people think it's kind of like an overnight success. Yeah. For any like young YouTubers out there who want to give this a serious go, like what kind of sacrifices will they have to make?
1: I think realistically, YouTube is probably the hardest platform mm. to post on just because... Creating an engaging video that is going to be, you know, probably minimum 10 minutes long is actually really hard. There's so many things to think about, but I never used to think about these things when I first started. I Mm. would just film myself for 15 minutes and upload it. Whereas now the industry and the business is so saturated and there's so many people, you have to think about every single video you upload and think, you know, will people watch past this like three minute mark? Is this part interesting enough? But for me, like, I mean a normal working day, it's just constantly thinking about YouTube. Like mm. that is my number one platform. I love YouTube more than anything. But that's probably just because I just like putting the camera down and just chatting shit. Yeah. That is what I love doing. But it's stressful a full day of mm. a full day of making YouTube videos. I make two a week and I've made two a week every year for the past however many years. So
0: so we've, we've talked about some of the low points, but let's talk about some of the high points. Like what have been some of the pinch me moments for, for you um, oh over the years? Like Because you have done some incredible things. Yeah. Like Even sometimes, even when obviously we booked you guys to come on the, the Spotify trip. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at you guys going, wow, this is like the best job in the world. Because it was just like literally all flew over to Ibiza. Yeah. Um, and basically... You essentially got paid to party for the day, yeah. right? Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> With a massive brand like Spotify yeah. as well, which is amazing. Talk to me like, about some of the defining moments for you, like where you just go, wow, how am I even doing this?
1: I think, to be honest, the whole like, past five years of my life has been like, how am I actually doing this? But mm. the one like, moment for me last year was when I was on the Victoria Warehouse Billboard in Manchester. I saw that. Because I remember when I moved to Manchester, I drove past it with my mum on the first day I moved in. I said, mum, I would love to be on that billboard. And I honestly said it never thinking that I would be. And then I remember when I was on that billboard, I just went and sat on my own in the car for like half an hour at night. And I just stared at it because I was like, I could not believe that that was actually like me on that screen. I think last last year, like being on all the billboards, that was very much like a, a pinch me moment. Like how have I, how have I managed to to do this.
0: And I've seen you've done like red carpets as well with yeah. Disney and stuff, is that right?
1: Yeah, I went to the Kardashian premiere last year with Disney. What? It, that it, it was, was it another picture moment actually LA? in LA, yeah. Wow. That was, that just didn't feel real whatsoever. But a lot of the stuff I do doesn't really feel real. I don't think it will ever actually sink in that I'm like, this and, is me and I get to do this.
0: Yeah, and that shines through with you. Like You seem so humble and just grateful for all the opportunities that come yeah. your way. And that's why you're a pleasure to work with. That's why we're always thinking about you, the social PR because you're such an inspiration to everyone out there. You've inspired me as well, because staying true to something that you genuinely love, despite the naysayers and all the doubters out there, mm-hmm. that, that takes courage and like yeah, bravery to do does. that. But in those moments, because like I was saying before, there's some <laughs> times where you put so much effort and time into yeah. a post. <laughs> And you post it it gets no likes, no one's asked. And it can yeah. really um affect like your mood for the day. Yeah, I, 100%. I, I try not to let like it affect you. Does that affect you as well sometimes? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But of course it does.
0: You need to just kind of detach the emotion from it, right? Is that what you try to do?
1: Yeah. I think there was definitely points where, you know, you get half the Instagram likes you're used to and then the dramatic thought in your head goes like, mm. Well, that's it. My career's dead. I'm not doing this mm. anymore. But realistically, It's not the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world in our job, but it's not. Mm. I've always said, even if I don't get any views on YouTube at 40 years old, I'm still going to upload. Because I love doing it. Oh,
0: that's fair enough. If some like young person now is trying to get into this world, they're going to have to take the knocks. They're going to have to be patient. Oh yeah, 100%. In those moments when you were probably doing this for years and not seeing any return, what kind of conversation did you have with yourself? Because... I know for example in business and even with what I'm trying to do with the podcast and everything else success doesn't happen overnight and you have to be relentless. What advice would you give to someone who's taking those knocks and doubting themselves sometimes?
1: You have to be I know that it's hard and when you have those knocks you don't want to upload and you probably don't want to continue with it but you have to be consistent with it Mm. and you have to truly believe that it is going to pay off and if you go in with it with that belief and you're truly putting your heart into it and you want to do it it will pay off and it's not going to be easy because nothing good in life ever comes easy but mm. it genuinely will pay off as long as you put the work into it yeah i've put 11 years of work into it and i'm still not where i want to hopefully be but every step of the way is like i think that's the best part of it. Like the journey is like the best part of it mm. so like to me the lows have actually made the highs better mm. so it's just consistency you just have to stick at it yeah
0: we always say it's don't we it's all about the journey not the destination yeah. and i try to tell myself that all the time and it's like even today like i woke up and i was a little bit overwhelmed and filming a podcast and then i got to go and see my business coach and these were all things that i love to do mm-hmm. and i was like scott just enjoy it like yeah. but it's because the pressure yeah that i put on myself it's got to go like this we've got to get it bang on it's got mm-hmm. it's like Just do your best and nothing but good things will follow from that. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get to now, to a place where I'm just being more present in what I'm doing and just enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds like that's what you did because literally, you just did it from a place of passion. But where do you see this whole social media industry going now? Because obviously TikTok's come out of nowhere.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like YouTube's had a resurgence. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's come back around.
0: Where do you see this kind of social media landscape going?
1: Honestly, I think social media will always be there. Obviously the creators are gonna come and go, but Mm. I think YouTube will always be there. I can't ever see that platform going. Mm. I think TikTok has made it a lot harder for YouTubers in general, because there's a whole new wave of people that have come in, Mm. but I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. Hopefully Mm. not anyway. I think for as long as the creators wanna upload, I think it's gonna be here for the long run now.
0: Mm. And do you feel like because of TikTok, all kind of content is is becoming a lot more like short format people's attention span now is like ridiculous right
1: yeah if you uh, don't get
0: them in the first three seconds you've lost them
1: especially on tiktok like i was bad for it at one point i fell out of like i loved creating youtube videos but i stopped watching youtube to watch tiktok because it was easy you can just scroll Mm. and every second you get a new video but i actually think youtube is coming back around now and Mm. i think it's like yes our attention span is ridiculously short now but youtube like you just put it on in the background like whilst you're doing like your housework, you just have a 40 minute YouTube video on. It's like the best thing. So I feel like YouTube actually, weirdly, it's making a yeah making is. another comeback.
0: I'm reading a book at the minute called um, Stolen Focus, and it's just frightening how all these apps and platforms are mm-hmm. literally designed to track us and to keep our attention. Oh, yeah. And when I'm sat here saying I'm addicted to my phone, it's no wonder. Do you know what I mean? Well, because yeah. obviously that's the whole point of it. Yeah. When you are having a break from social media and doing content and everything else. What do you do to kind of fully switch off? Where's your like kind of happy place?
1: It's very strange. Oh God. We thought <laughs> that too, but like basically, so my dream job other than YouTube was to be a spy. I really wanted to work. <laughs> I really wanted to work for MI5. I really wanted to work for the government. Obviously I'm doing the furthest thing from that now. So never, that's never going to happen. Wow. But when I switch off, I would just watch like a spy documentary or a spy thing. And I learn like so much about that. Like I won't go on my phone. I'll just sit and- either read about it or look up about it or that's crazy anything. that's like my that is
0: crazy but to be fair I just answer this question myself I love watching documentaries I'm obsessed with documentaries me
1: too and conspiracy theories that's yeah. like my I,
0: I love all that I and think. anything to do with history as well I love like going back in time and looking how things started and stuff so that is kind of one of my little hobbies as well
1: I like learning stuff because in this job we do learn stuff but I feel like I don't exercise my brain like I used to in school right so I feel like when I'm like having downtime, I want to learn something or
0: do you feel like when you say you are a content creator or a YouTuber, do you feel like you're perceived as unintelligent?
1: Yeah. I think people would just be like, oh, she's she's dumb. She's got no other talent, blah, blah, blah. But I actually love doing that. And in school, I did so well. I just didn't enjoy it that much, but I did really well. And I love learning new stuff. But 100% people look at like an Instagrammer and they're like,
0: "But it But it actually takes like creativity. It takes an understanding yeah. of trends, what's going on. Like mm-hmm. you have to be... You have to treat it like a business. So you are essentially a a businesswoman in your own right. And it's just interesting because like you said, a lot of people who have to come and call themselves an influencer, Mm -hmm. they kind of cringe when they say it because of the the perception. Is that something you're proud of now? How would you do? If you walked into a room and someone said to you, so what do you do for a living? Or if someone on the street asked you, what would you say?
1: I would just say, oh, I do social media or I have a podcast or I'm yeah. a YouTuber, try to steer away from the word influencer. Not because it's necessarily bad, mm. but some people's initial reaction is, oh, you're an influencer. But like, because I've been doing it so long, I, I, feel like, I, I feel like I'm more than an influencer now, but I just wouldn't say the word influencer.
0: So you obviously have, um, you talked before about having a, a friendship group who all mm-hmm. seem to be in the same kind of industry and everything mm-hmm. else. I find it difficult sometimes when I'm out with friends who don't really understand what I'm trying to mm-hmm. achieve or, or yeah. the social media world, especially if, you, if you're seeing someone like, I've been in a situation where I'm seeing a girl before and I'll have to post, like get some content of like, I don't mm-hmm. know, <laughs> it sounds daft, but I'd be out uh, having some food and I think this may, might make some good content <laughs> yeah. and you at a table and you get <laughs> yeah. a video of the food and they're looking at you like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing this? It's like, almost like, it's weird because I understand that you've got to be present mm-hmm. and they want you to be, kind of be present, but- do you find it difficult finding someone who understands, for example, in relationships? I know you yeah. don't talk about it often, mm-hmm. but I've heard recently that you are seeing someone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are they from the same world as well?
1: Completely different. Ooh, completely different. I met them on Hinge.
0: Hinge is yeah. that a dating app?
1: Yeah, dating app.
0: Wow, so you're yeah, I met so them on wait, Hinge. wait a second. Yeah. So you've got all these millions of followers left <laughs> and you're still on dating apps?
1: Yeah, I would. I'd never spoken really to anybody in the industry. Like everyone that I've dated has been completely out of the industry wow yeah but that
0: must be so when <laughs> sorry, I ask you. so when you turn up yeah. to a date or <laughs> with some random on hinge and they go oh so what would you do and everything else if they had to look at your social media platform mm-hmm. and everything else they would be thinking well, what is going on like how do you yeah how do you deal with that
1: so i try to avoid showing them the social media for as long right. as i can just because you never know what people's opinions are going to be or that mm. it's going to change their opinion or whatever. So like initially I'll just be like, oh yeah, I make YouTube videos. Mm. But like luckily, the last couple of people I dated, they had no idea, and the person that I'm seeing now genuinely had no idea what YouTube even was because he's from a completely different world and does a completely different thing. So that was actually really nice. Mm. But then I had to kind of explain. To him, like okay, so this is this world, and when you plunge someone into this world who has no idea what it is, it's so hard to explain. And it's like how you were saying, like if I get my phone out and take a picture of this, or like oh, I need to film this because this is be really good. It can be hard to explain because <laughs> it's a whole different world. But it's kind of fun though teaching someone who doesn't know anything about it. Do
0: you find it difficult? I don't know, opening up and letting someone into. It's almost like a it's almost like a different you, because. Yeah. No matter what we say, the kind of persona that we deliver and portray on social media is still going to be in some degree Mm -hmm. a performance. Like even someone said before, like when you go on a date, it's actually a bit of a performance. And the best relationships are the ones where you don't have to hide and you can just be unapologetically yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you find it difficult getting to that point with someone?
1: Yes, I found it pretty much like virtually impossible. Mm. Like my whole life to be able to get to that point with someone. I always found dating so hard, but I Mm. think I always kind of put it off because I was like, no, I want to do my job first. And I've always been Mm. like very career heavy and that has come first. And my personal life has just kind of like just been put on hold a little bit. Mm. And then this year I was like, no, like I actually have to allow myself to enjoy that time with someone. And I feel like I've finally done that whilst keeping it very private
0: so would it be a completely separate time so when you're with that when you're with this guy yeah would you be like just no content I'm just with you and, and it's kind of separate
1: In the beginning, sort of, because I feel like it kind of has to be that way Mm. so you can really get to know each other. But then now, probably not as much like I will still sit in bed and edit a thumbnail or like edit something just because I can't really switch off. So I feel like I kind of always am working, but not in the beginning. Definitely not in the beginning, which was nice. That's good to know. Yeah, I'm just
0: just taking some tips here because it's something that I need to get a grip of.
1: (laughs) What dating like? (laughs) I've got one of my mates
0: who's an influencer. (laughs) No word of a lie on his second date. I saw him i saw a picture of him on his instagram and i know that's where he went on his date and i said to him please do not tell me on your second date you are asking the girl to take a picture of you and, and he said yeah of course one it- that, that he said oh, I mean, wow that's like new levels I okay mean,
1: yeah that's like an extreme i haven't done that I'm, i didn't I, do that
0: i just thought that's amazing <laughs> i mean i could i could see myself going to that level but that even shocked me listen it sounds to me like you've got a really good kind of awareness around your relationship to social media and everything else and you're passionate about it what's next for you over the next five years what is the ultimate goal you just said before that you're not completely satisfied Mm -hmm. with where you are what is the big goal for you
1: I have so many like different goals but Mm. I think the problem is in our job like there's never really an end goal because the end goal for me what I thought was going to be was a million subscribers and Mm. then when you get that it's like right okay now what can i work towards because there's always something more that you can work towards Mm -hmm. but my ultimate goal would be to be a presenter in tv like that's like the end goal definitely get into tv in some sort of way
0: that's so interesting because (laughs) i always find this if an influencer has a big following on social media they've smashed it and they want to be on tv and if a tv star is on all different shows and and on tv a lot they want to have that social media presence
1: 100 percent. i found the exact same thing loads of people i've spoken to from tv has been like no we want to do social media and i'm like but i really want to do tv it's like yeah
0: it's because they kind of feed into each other don't they it's almost like now you can't really get onto tv without having a social media presence
1: yeah pretty much and if you
0: are on tv you want to stay on there you need to make sure you're building a community and having a social Mm -hmm. media following as well so they kind of go hand in hand and what's it like for your mum because I've seen your mum mm-hmm. and your family they're all over your so- your socials your videos they actually get yeah. involved it's my mum's
1: um, job as well oh so she wait a second my mum's a youtuber she's a YouTuber. my mum's a youtuber oh god I completely missed this so your mum's a YouTuber.
0: youtuber as well yeah my
1: mum's a youtuber
0: was she a youtuber before you no no
1: she's been <laughs> doing it for like she's been doing it for two years I think and it's a full-time job now wow yeah she's like she's like a mummy oh, I can't girl.
0: believe this is <laughs> yeah. amazing
1: yeah
0: so did you teach her
1: yeah I taught her how to do it because she was always in like all my videos and she, at the start she was like no no like I'm not going to create my own like no one will watch me and then people just loved her people loved my mum they found her so funny I'm a little brother as well she was like I'll oh, just I'll give it a go I'll try and she does all the classic like B&M hauls and like Tesco hauls but people love it. So your mum was a YouTuber as well this is
0: amazing. Yeah. What wow. and who? How many subscribers she got?
1: I think she's got 70K, but wow. on Instagram, she's got nearly 200,000 followers. Oh. So that's how I think that's her main platform, Instagram. And who's
0: she influencing?
1: Mums. Really? She, yeah, she has a lot of mums following her. A lot a lot of my, we share a lot of the same followers as well, but mums. But
0: that's really interesting how, how socials now is transcending different age groups. Like for example, my mum's got... um around 60,000 followers on Instagram Mm -hmm. and she's like gassed and she's obsessed with followers can you please just tag me I'm I'm nearly (laughs) at this um, this um, landmark of of followers now I really need to get there and I'm like mum just chill out but that's amazing that you've got that support as well because I think if your family understand it as well
1: yeah she gets it now and she'll ring me if she's got a problem and she's like I know I'm talking to this brand I'm like don't worry I've got you like I know how to do it or if I've got the same problem she knows exactly what the problem is now and how it feels. So it's nice having that like relationship with my mom. That's
0: unbelievable. Yeah. So talk to me about your family. You've got your mom, you've got your little brother. Yeah. And, am I right in thinking your dad's not in your life?
1: No, it doesn't. I never met my dad. Wow, that's, yeah, so, never that's, knew my that's crazy. Dad. I've just,
0: um, I've had another guest on before and, and he said the same thing. And I was like, there was a time when I didn't see my dad for six years and it was really tough. And then obviously I became really close to my dad in, mm. in, in my later life. But what was that like for you, not knowing your dad and having him in your life? It's something you're just comfortable. With it know? was,
1: yeah, I think because so I have a stepdad who oh. I grew up with from like pretty much when I was born until I was like nine, and I haven't seen him for like four years. But not knowing my real dad never really affected me because to me I never I've never met him, mm. so it, it could it could be a stranger in the street. Mm. It definitely affected me when I was younger because mm. I was seeing everybody else have a father figure mm. and a mum, and I was like, oh, like I don't really know what it feels like to have that male like influence in my life. And that is something that I've always kind of lacked, which is why I feel like I never really wanted a relationship Mm. because I never had a dad around. But now I I look at it as like, I've been brought up by an incredible mum. My nan is on her own as well. So I've been surrounded by such an incredible like group of women that like, I love that. And I wouldn't really, I can't imagine it any other way. So I wouldn't really want it any other way Mm. now. But when I was younger, of course, you know, I found it. I did find it really hard not having a dad around, around. but...
0: Well, it sounds like your mum's done... Well, I know your mum's done an amazing job because she's raised a a beautiful, humble, lovely, talented girl who's absolutely smashing the game. I know this podcast is going to inspire a lot of people. Um, And your whole journey has, the fact that literally you're stuck at something that you love from an early age, despite what other people have said, you've kind of proved all those bullies wrong in school. And you are literally just on the most incredible trajectory. uh, And I'm just really proud and grateful to have you you on my podcast. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, I I just want to say a massive thank you. And uh, I look forward to working with you more as well across the year.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. And hopefully one day I can get in one of your videos as well.
1: Oh my god, come and do it. Can we do like
0: a get ready with me or something? We can
1: do, oh yeah, we could do a McBang, McDonald's mukbang. Yes. We could do a McDonald's mukbang. You, you, That'll be you fun. ate like
0: 20, well, McDonald's for 24 hours or.
1: Oh yeah, I've done loads you've of them. have done all of them. Yeah, I've done all of them. We could do one of them. Okay, we'll make it happen. <laughs> but
0: thank you so much for being on. No, thank um, you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. So honestly, I could have sat there all day and listened to Anastasia because it's just so insightful because sometimes. We have an idea of what a YouTuber is or a content creator or even an influencer and we kind of stigmatise them a little bit. Whereas when you hear Anastasia's story, you realise the level of work and time that it's taken to get to that point. And it's not always been easy. She's had people who've doubted her. She's been bullied at school, but she's still stuck to her guns. And honestly, it's inspired me because I think when you stick to your guns and you stay true to what you're passionate about, that's where the success comes from. So massive shout out to Anastasia for joining me today because she really has inspired me i just want to say thank you again for always supporting the podcast please continue to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you've not yet signed up to the race in sunderland with me in july with british triathlon do it come out of your comfort zone use my discount code learning 25 and let's go and do this race together i'll be back next week with another guest and we will learn another life lesson with learning as i go